RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Jim DeVico. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 375 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report from the Star Trek multiverse, recorded live on Tuesday, July 24th, 2018, and available for download or streaming on Friday, July 27th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kenna. And I'm Anthony. Well, Captains, this is our last episode before our big trip to Star Trek Las Vegas. That's right, Captains. (laughs) We will not be recording a live show next Tuesday on July 31st. Now, we also won't have an episode published on August 3rd, Friday, August 3rd. That's because we're going to hold everything until Monday, August 6th. A lot going on in Vegas this year, and we need to hold for content until Monday, August 6th. So when you are expecting an episode on Friday the 3rd, just wait a few more days, and I assure you, it'll be worth the wait. In the meantime, Anthony, why don't you tell us what we've got coming up this week? This week, we're trekking out Star Trek Discovery's insane presence at San Diego Comic-Con last week, including a panel with Discovery actors and creatives, the teaser, and more. Plus, Kenna shares her first panel experience with the Roddenberry Podcast Network. In Star Trek Online news, Age of Discovery has been announced, and we review what we know so far. We'll also review news from a few other Star Trek gaming titles. And of course, as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Captains, those hailing frequencies are always open, and you know that we'd love to hear from you between our episodes during the week. So please, reach out to us. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. We're on Twitter, at PriorityOnePod, or shoot us an email via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Now, there's another way that you can reach us, and that's through voicemail. If you want to get on the show with your own voice, click on the SpeakPipe widget on our site. That's cool. Just saying. But please don't whisper creepily to us in your voicemail like that. Now, Captains, all this month, you've been helping us raise money for Make-A-Wish America. Our goal this month is $1,000. And as of this recording, we've raised just under $500. That means there's less than a week left to raise just over half of our goal. Now, that's a huge hill to climb, but we can still do it with your help. If each of you listening donated just $1, we would smash our goal and make a difference in the lives of children with critical illnesses. 
It's easy. Just go to PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash Make-A-Wish. That address redirects you to our Make-A-Wish fundraising page where every single dollar you donate goes directly to Make-A-Wish America. Now, it takes less than five minutes to make a donation. So what are you waiting for? As a reminder, Make-A-Wish America is in the business of granting life-changing wishes to children with life-threatening illnesses. Earlier this month, you heard from Star Trek Online developer Nick Duguid and his personal story of brain cancer and the difference that Make-A-Wish made in his life. You can help make a difference in another child's life. Help us get to our goal of $1,000. Once again, that address is PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash Make-A-Wish and you can help make a difference in a child's life today. And now, let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. Last Friday, July 20th, Star Trek Discovery held top billing at the world's most prominent geek culture convention, San Diego Comic-Con. Discovery executive producers Alex Kurtzman and Heather Caden were joined in Hall H by stars Shazad Latif, Mary Wiseman, hashtag silly for Tilly, Anson Mount, Wilson Cruz, Anthony Rapp, Mary Chifo, Doug Jones, and of course, Sonequa Martin-Green. To participate in a panel moderated by comedian and Star Trek newcomer, Tig Notaro. All were there to discuss Star Trek Discovery's second season. The cast and crew continue to emphasize the importance of canon and how it will affect Discovery moving forward. But there were also some new revelations to get excited about. And that's what we're about to do. Executive producer Alex Kurtzman dropped the first major hashtag Trek nugget during the panel's opening moments. Kurtzman was asked about the premiere date for Discovery Season 2, and while he could not answer that question, he did tell the audience that there will be, quote, four short films, and these films will be independent stories involving some of the characters on Discovery, and some not on Discovery. They'll be about 10 to 15 minutes in length, end quote. The short films, collectively titled Star Trek Short Treks, will explore the adventures of Tilly, Saru, and Harry Mudd, as well as introduce a new character named Kraft, played by Leverage star Aldous Hodge. In an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Kurtzman explained Short Treks further, saying, quote, Each episode will deliver closed-ended stories while revealing clues about what's to come in future Star Trek Discovery episodes. They'll also introduce audiences to new characters who may inhabit the larger world of Star Trek, end quote. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Short Treks will begin airing this fall and will release one episode per month, presumably leading up to Discovery's second season premiere in early 2019. So I'm a big fan of this idea of doing these little short treks. Um, I, I, I think that it'll allow them to kind of explore canon and establishing canon in a way that may not fit in the actual mm-hmm. episodes. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of this are maybe perhaps deleted scenes, things that were on the cutting room floor that they just said, you know what, we, let's expand mm-hmm. on that. Let's 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 answer these questions. So I'm I'm certainly excited. I think this reminds me a lot too of the deleted scene from the finale of Discovery with Mirror Universe. Uh, Georgiou meeting the supposed Section 31 agent. And I think that 
they saw the popularity of that and mm-hmm. they decided to create these shorts in order to lead into Discovery Season 2 so that we have something starting in the fall to keep our appetites wet for what's coming in January. Presumably January. You know what this is? This is the beginning of a Star Trek expanded universe, uh, which is something that I am mm-hmm. a huge fan of. I think, you know, um, it's totally copycatting what Marvel have done and what DC are attempting to do. And that's a good thing. This is a really, really good thing because the the the, the one thing that Star Trek fans cannot get enough of is Star Trek. And if they provide roots to making more Star Trek with different voices and different contexts and different stories... Star Trek fans will eat it up. I think it's I think it's a brilliant first step in that direction. I would actually argue that Star Trek had the first universe on television and movies, and I think Marvel and DC is copying what they did so successfully in the 90s when you had Star Trek Deep Space 9 season 2 on the air, Star Trek Generations in the theater, and then Voyager season 1 starting all within a month of each other in continuity time. Yeah, you certainly have a point there, but the problem with Star Trek is that even with that in mind, Star Trek has always been a little too ahead of its time, right? So we had, like you mentioned, an expanded universe with Deep Space Nine and Voyager, and then later Enterprise, some of them overlapping, and then we... Uh, the same applies to Deep Space Nine and serialized television with Star Trek, right? People were very uh, uh, apprehensive and, in fact, against the concept of serializing the Dominion War. So, yeah, this is this is great. This is this is now. I think people will be more open to it because the multiverse, like Kenna has has pointed out, is much more mainstream with DC and Marvel, right? It's reached a broader audience. So perhaps now, even though they weren't trailblazing the concept and they're picking up where they left off, it might be better for audiences. Immediately following the news of short treks, Kurtzman officially made an unexpected yet anticipated announcement. Spock will be in Discovery. Alex Kurtzman stated later in an interview with Variety that the role has already been cast. While the news is exciting, it should be noted that all of the information given this week has been vague, and Spock, to which Kurtzman refers, could be the young Spock mentioned by Jonathan Frakes in mid-April of this year. It's all very interesting, and we will certainly be monitoring the situation. I think he's, I think he's referring to adult Spock when he said this at, in the panel, and I think that they have an actor, and I think that the character will will show up in the second half of the season. I agree with that. Yeah, based on what we've seen in the trailer, which we will talk about in a bit, um, I, it feels very much that it's going to be an adult Spock to me. Later in the panel, Pike portrayer Anson Mount teased Kurtzman, indicating that the Spock confirmation was Mount's news to deliver. He continued, quote, I'm just going to go ahead and reveal another piece of information we're going to get to meet the original number one. I can't tell you who it is, but her initials are Rebecca Romaine. End quote. Following the panel, Romaine tweeted a close-up photo of what is presumably her hands, wearing a gold Starfleet tunic holding an Enterprise Command Delta. The tweet says, quote, Just call me number one. Honored to play such an iconic character in Star Trek canon originally played by the first lady of Star Trek, Majel Barrett Roddenberry, end quote. 
them some big shoes to fill. They are. We saw her twice. I mean, we saw number one twice, kind of, because you have the cage and then the menagerie. Um, that that woman, that character, what, speaking of being ahead of her time, um, was um, just a, a huge character like you, ha- you didn't expect and you didn't really see on screen at the time. So she was kind of uh, almost grumpy and forceful and commanding, as a first officer should be. And of course, it's Majel Barrett, who is iconic in Star Trek circles for a number of reasons. So that that's a big role to fill. There's going to be very high expectations. Personally, I like Rebecca Romaine. I've always liked her. I did like her turn in Ugly Betty. I know we could have a whole discussion on representation on that, but I thought she did a pretty good job in that. And she kind of has this combination of a little bit of lightheartedness, but also um, serious. And she's got some serious movie creds as well. And, you know, her character was so far ahead of its time that that having a first officer, a woman first officer, was one of the reasons why the original pilot was scrapped by the executives and a new one was was uh, commissioned. And, you know, this to me, speaking of unexpected, this this casting news was unexpected because this role is one that I've been anticipating will show up after we saw the reveal of Enterprise at the end of season two. And one of my favorite unexplored characters in all of Star Trek. And if you read the novel Desperate Hours, there's a whole section of that book that deals with Saru and number one uh, going on an away mission together. And it's one of my favorite parts of that novel. And I'm really looking forward to this. And while I wouldn't have thought of her for the role, I am pleasantly surprised that she's been cast. And I very much look forward to her portrayal of the character. To expand a little bit about what Anthony was saying regarding Majel's involvement in the pilot and then why she was not recast, if you haven't already, I strongly, strongly recommend picking up Mark Cushman's These Are the Voyagers because what you could, every chapter is an episode of, of TOS, except for the first few. The first few are kind of it's the, the production stuff, the pilot. But then it's, it, it acts as a great companion to TOS in that you learn about things from behind the scenes that you had never heard before. Or he does a really great job at compiling and making the, the, the general Star Trek knowledge about its, about its production real succinct. Yeah, I encourage you to check out that book. That brings us to a great community question. Do you like the casting of Rebecca Romaine as number one? Don't forget to leave your comments on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO375 or just answer them when we post our community question on Facebook or Twitter. A few more interesting tidbits came out of the panel, including the confirmed return of Wilson Cruz as Dr. Culber, a hint at the return of Prime Lorca, and excitement amongst the cast that the redshirt trope will be making an appearance in Discovery. The San Diego Comic-Con Star Trek Discovery panel and all of the peripheral interviews surrounding SDCC are chock full of information. Be sure to check out our show notes for links. And lastly, Comic-Con delivered another treat for us, Star Trek Discovery's Season 2 trailer. If you haven't watched it yet, what are you thinking? Pause this show and follow the link in our show notes. We'll we'll wait. We'll wait. (laughs) 
The trailer opens with beautiful shots of space and quickly kicks into gear from there. We find out that Pike is taking command of the Discovery to investigate seven red bursts. Starfleet doesn't know what they are or why they're there, and the Discovery, under Pike's command, is tasked with finding out. Spock, according to Burnham, is linked to the phenomenon, and she doesn't know why, but she knows he needs help. We see the Constitution class uniforms in all of their tri-colored glory. There are a few more shots of the Enterprise, some new fast-moving single pilot crafts, and modified containment suits. Finally, we are introduced to Tig Natero's Denise Reno, and we get to see the Saurian Linus in action. The whole trailer was set to Lenny Kravitz, Fly Away. Overall, the trailer can be summed up in a line delivered by Pike to Burnham. Quote, Wherever our mission takes us, let's try and have a little fun along the way. End quote. Geeking out over here. I loved the trailer. I love the trailer. I hated the very first Discovery trailer before season one. I hated it. And someday I will play the audio of me hating on it at some point. But I will tell you, I loved this trailer also. I am so excited about season two, uh, more so than I was even, than I even enjoyed season one. And the only thing that slightly irks me is the revelation that Spock is somehow connected to these signals. And I hope that that plays out in a justifiable way. Oh, yeah. Like, the, the plot that they talk about, that the, the, the plot that they kind of insinuate is coming. First of all, I don't trust them as far as I can throw them because the plot in season one was like, oh, here's a twist and here's a turn and here's another twist. So I, I'm thinking it's going to be resolved in the first two episodes, but that's okay. Um, if I think about it too much, there are some things that they're implying that I don't really like. Um, but you know what it was? It was fun. I liked the music. I know, I mean, this is going back to Star Trek Beyond, you know. I like it when they play fun music for the trailers. It was fun. There was a bit of humor in there. Um, the bit at the end where she's like, oh, the girls have got you. And they're like, yeah, okay, yeah, we definitely have. It, it seemed it seemed fun to me. And, you know, I don't like, I'm not all into dark and gritty. I want my entertainment to be entertaining and fun rather than just dark and scary and miserable all the time. I don't care. I flat out, it was a trailer, and I am perhaps almost desensitized to the concept of setting expectations for something that is Star Trek related. I, there was nothing I hated about the the trailer. Actually, probably my least favorite part was when she turns to the girls and like, you got him, girls, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we got him. That felt a little too Orville-ish to me. That's exactly what I was going to say. Oh, my you gosh. Could, you yeah. could have totally so, transposed the Orville season two trailer and the Discovery right, one and been right. like, okay, they're converging. Right. <laughs> so so I, I, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to go along for the ride. I'm at a point where I'm just going to go along for the ride. My, my only hope is that based on the discussion that we had earlier about the San Diego panel... Alex Kurtzman kept driving home throughout that panel that this season is the season where where they link it back to canon, and so hopefully that's what they do. That's the that's my that's my my cautious excitement 
that I have for season two is that season two is less constrained and held back by behind the scenes drama from Brian Fuller, no Brian Fuller, where's Meyer, no, there's no Meyer, who's writing, who's not writing. And season two finally can get a, a stronger footing than season one. And so I, this trailer, I was like, oh, fun. I like the Saurian. I, li- I, you know, I think the Saurian was a great evolution of what we saw in the film. Not a fan of the booger jokes. Not a fan of, but the booger joke was in, in Star Trek Beyond. Was it? The thing I love about this trailer is I immediately get the relationship between Pike and the crew of the Discovery. And it's in that moment when he goes to shake Saru's hand and Saru gives him the wrong hand to shake because it is an awkward moment. And that, to me, is a metaphor for what the relationship between Pike and the Discovery is going to be for almost the entire season because it was also divulged that Anson Mount is going to be playing Pike in every episode of season two. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's... I think what this season is going to be about is it's going to be about the bridge crew of Discovery now becoming the the type of bridge crew that we know from all the other Star Trek series that we see in episode one of all other Star Trek series. We're going to see them come together and feel like they have to prove themselves to Pike, who is this very prominent, respected captain in Starfleet and how awkward of a situation everybody feels that it is. And that to me is exciting because that's going to create tension and drama in a fun way. Now, That wasn't the only thing that happened at San Diego Comic-Con this year. Priority One made its San Diego Comic-Con debut with the Roddenberry Podcast Network and guests. So, Kenna, first of all, I hate you, but I love you. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Because... Yeah, because yeah, because you got your San, your San Diego Comic Con debut, yeah. and I couldn't even be there. I couldn't even be there to clap. <laughs> so I am living vicariously through you. Talk to us about that panel. Okay, well, first I want to set the scene um, for any of you guys who have been to cons before, even if you haven't. San Diego Comic Con is like a different planet. So uh, it, I think it was about one hundred and sixty thousand people went to San Diego Comic-Con this year. Uh, Contrast that to STLV, which is humongous, at at about 5,000. So it's it's just you can't even fathom. It basically takes over about a quarter of the city of San Diego. I, I took my kids actually, and it was an ex- it, well. It was an interesting experience. Um, it's not really great for kids because it's incredibly crowded um, and hot. But there's a lot of fun stuff to see. Lots of great cosplay. All the nerds from all the places are going on at San Diego Comic Con. Um, it's a real mishmash of stuff. There was some great representation actually for Star Trek cosplayers. Um, a lot of people came down from the uh, L.A. Away team, which obviously is based up here in L.A. Um, and then just a lot of people that I didn't even recognize, um, which was great to see. Just lots of people dressed up as um, Star Trek characters. Um, the, the You couldn't even get near Hall H for the Discovery panel, um, which you would expect. You can't normally get near Hall H, but... Um, and there was also, uh, while I was there, they had the Star Trek Discovery Mirror Universe exhibit, which was down at an art gallery just um, a block or two away from um, the big convention center. And that was where, if you go to our Facebook page, you can see a gallery of some of the pictures that I took, uh, some good up-close shots of the Mirror Universe 
um, costumes, some of the uh, the armor, the weapons. It was really cool to go and see that up close. And I believe that stuff is coming to STLV as well. So uh, what was the panel uh, about? Right. So the panel was called Star Trek, a fandom divided question mark. (laughs) And it was really to talk about, do we have a divided fandom within Star Trek? So the members of the panel, uh, Larry Nemechek was the moderator. Uh, We had Aaron Harvey from Trek of M. We had Ken Ray and John Champion from Mission Log Podcast. Uh, And then we also had Christine Rideout, aka Starfleet Mom uh, from trekmovie.com. And basically, we were talking about is our fandom divided? So I know that there's a lot that we hear about fans of Discovery loving it, hating it, and and getting into heated arguments over whether this is Star Trek or not. And we were just talking through some of the issues that surround that, um, whether this is a new phenomenon for Star Trek, um, and you know what what we're going to do about that in the future. So. We did record that. That's the audio for that is going to be out on the Mission Log podcast uh, this Thursday. So it's out now and you can go and listen to it. Um, and yes, go and have a listen. It was a it was a really great turnout. We were down at the um, San Diego Central Library. So Comic-Con is so big. They actually have, in addition to the main convention center, they actually have venues in adjoining hotels and venues sort of around the gas lamp district. And one of those was the Central Library. Um, and that's where we were. We had a really good turnout. We had some people ask some really good questions as well. Awesome. Well, we do have a few panels lined up for Star Trek Las mm-hmm. Vegas, and if you'll be there, we encourage you to check those out. The schedule has not yet been released as of the time of this recording, but you better believe that we will be at Vegas and we will be on stage for a few panels this year, and we hope that you'll join us there and support mm-hmm. us. Well, that's it for this week's Star Trek news. Now let's find out what happened this week in the world of Star Trek gaming. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Console captains have waited patiently, and now they can dive into the conflict with the Herc, battle alongside their favorite Deep Space Nine stars, and save the Gamma Quadrant. Victory is Life has launched on Xbox and PlayStation 4, so jump in and experience all the great content for yourselves. And to celebrate this release, you can save 15% off keys until Tuesday, July 31st. Captains on PC can take advantage of another research and development weekend, gain additional material rewards from all R&D packs, a catalyst from packs received from cube rewards, and extra materials and dilithium from harvest nodes located throughout missions in Stowe. Also making its return is the Infinity R&D promotion from the C-Store R&D packs. Whenever you open one of these packs, you'll receive either 10 Lobi crystals or a special requisition for a Tier 6 ship, which now includes the brand new Herc Dreadnought Carrier. Check out the show notes for the ship stats. As part of the Deep Space Nine 25th anniversary content, the Rise of Summer event offers baseball uniforms for your favorite Star Trek teams and emotes for all the best stadium poses. Except there is no stadium in-game to show those moves off. The Soval Memorial Baseball Stadium. This Foundry mission is only meant for screenshots and videos. After a quick search in the Foundry mission locator and a trip to Vulcan, you too can take to the field with your bridge crew ahead of the 2411 season. 
Now, Captains, the biggest news that was released this week is the announcement that Star Trek Online is moving towards an age of discovery. That's right, Captains. You will now be able to start a Captain in the Discovery era, circa 2256. In the blog post, just after the battle at the Binary Stars, you'll be able to join Cadet Sylvia Tilly, played by Discovery actress Mary Wiseman, who will join you on a training mission. The big baddie that you'll face is Jaula, matriarch of the House of Mokai and sister of Takuvma. For those of you that may not be aware, Jaula is featured in the IDW Star Trek Discovery comics. In addition to the story, there'll be a new task force operation to defend Starbase One, along with an expansion to the reputation system to Tier Six. How excited uh, for this are you guys? So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be cool. Um, I think the community isn't really surprised. Uh, I think a lot of people were, you know, kind of expecting that something like this was going to come sooner or later. Um, I am surprised that it's coming this year, in the fall of this year. I'm very surprised at that. I didn't, uh, or I wouldn't have expected anything until at least next year. So that's kind of cool. My biggest question after learning this news is, it seems as though this is going to be similar to the Agents of Yesterday um, content. And I'm wondering how, if at all, will these new characters that we create in the Discovery era uh, interact with the present timeline of Star Trek Online? Right. How do we get from 2256 back to 2410? Because it seems it seems as though they're they're planning on doing additional story content after these initial two missions. And so it makes me think that this might be an ongoing story for a little while before we even get to a point where our characters will will come forward in time, if at all. I think you, you're dead right there, uh, Anthony. Uh, you, I think you've hit the nail right in the head. They're going it, to—it's going to be like a, a cheat again with the, you know the TOS faction, um, be, because you know it's—it is a new faction, but it's not a new faction because you know they don't have to create as many new ships, and you know it, it, you can do some timey wimey stuff, and either you begin in the Discovery era and then you jump forward in time or else you go back in time uh, and uh, go, go back to the Discovery era and then come back again or something something like that. That's probably what they're going to do. At least that's what I think they're probably going to do. Something like that. Well, we'll learn, uh, we'll learn more details uh, this weekend at STLV. That's right. And I, I, first of all, guys, how are you ignoring the fact that Mary Wiseman is going, is going to be voicing Cadet Tilly? I mean, oh my God, it's amazing. Uh, hashtag silly for Tilly. Yes, definitely. It is fantastic that um, Mary Wiseman is going to be coming into the game because she is without a doubt one of the best characters, I think. I, I think everybody likes Tilly. Um, she's uh, she's such a great actress and uh, it's it, it makes sense, you know, if um, you're going to be starting off as a cadet or whatever, uh, that you're running alongside Cadet Tilly. That That's just really cool. I think that's very clever. This is also the first time in the history of both the game and the franchise where we'll have an ongoing story game, a major MMO, running concurrently with the, 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 right. the in-production television series of Star Trek. And, and to be able to have these actors cross over back and forth is going to be really exciting. I'm interested to see what um, this T6 reputation is going to be. Is all reputations going to be expanded to Tier 6? 
or is it just you know this this new reputation discovery reputation that's going to come out uh, i think that's an interesting move and i wonder if that's partly designed to maybe address the pveq issues that are going on in the game now for god knows how long well i'll be sure to ask the devs when i'm there in stlv Moving on to Priority One Armada news, this weekend the Priority One Ferengi Alliance fleet is hosting a Ferengi night on the weekly Twitch stream. We would like to invite all of you to join us for this event and we encourage you to bring your Ferengi characters along for the show. We plan on having a number of cool Ferengi themed prizes for the show including ships, costumes and emotes. This week's away mission will take place on Ryza, so it's a great time to build up a lot of those Lolanut favors. Tune in at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash priority one. And now, it's time for a top tip from Admiral Winters. In an effort to lend a hand to new players, or even surprise the most veteran captains in Star Trek Online, here's my top tip. This week, I'm going to talk to you about a useful little command that can tell you how much time you've played a character on your account. This will be particularly useful for Jemadar characters, as some of the Gamma Recruit rewards, Delta Account rewards, and Temporal Account rewards are only available after having played a full 20 hours on a Jemadar character. So all you have to do to determine how much time you've spent playing on a character is to type in the chat box, forward slash played. From there, the total time played on the character will appear in the chat box in the system chat, normally coloured yellow. To view system chat, you will have to click on the combat tab located at the top of the chat box by default. Of course, if you have customized your chat box and removed system chat, you will have to reactivate it in order to see the time played. For more information, we will leave a link in the show notes at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO375. In other Star Trek gaming news... If you've been excited by all of the Star Trek Adversaries news, but were bummed because you were still waiting for it to release on Android devices, wait no longer. Puppet Master Games, the publisher for Adversaries, is now accepting sign-ups for the beta testers on the Android platform. So head on over to our show notes for a link to the sign-up. Well, that's it for this week in Star Trek Online and general Star Trek gaming news. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Episode 374's community question was, Would you prefer Denai Guerrera play a hero or a villain in Star Trek IV? From Facebook, Alex Marsh writes in, I've already loved her as a hero. I think it would be amazing to see her as an evil mastermind. I, I have to agree because I so Denai Guerrera has played dark brooding in The Walking Dead, not necessarily evil, but dark brooding, a character on a cathartic journey, and then in in Black Panther, very heroic. I I would love to see her do, you know, venture into the dark evil kind of thing. Ken from Chicago writes. Hero, please. Well, Ken disagrees with you, Elijah. From Facebook, Ed O'Connell writes, A well-written and executed female villain is long overdue. Someone who doesn't only go toe-to-toe with Kirk, but has the entire crew jumping. 
And this is something that I heartily agree with. I love seeing a a, a good, well-executed female villain that doesn't fall into the the tropes of just like sort of old, sort of scary old bitter woman kind of tropes. I'd love to see, uh, like Alex Marsh said, just a, a a really cool evil mastermind, somebody really just whip smart and doesn't take nobody's crap. That's what I'd like to see. From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Sean Newboy writes, Wonderful show, everyone. Definitely a villain. She would be awesome. I think I have to agree with the villain statements. I would love to see a smart, intelligent, brilliant woman go toe-to-toe with Kirk and possibly even beat him, but maybe not beat the entire crew. You know, that actually makes it... That would be a really interesting character examination for Kirk as well because what's the one thing we know about Kirk is that he's like a womanizer, right? And he always... It's, you know, he always has the advantage over any woman that he's kind of with. Maybe with the exception with Edith Keeler. Maybe. But... I would love to see him bested squarely by a villain and then have to approach that from a from a different angle than just, ooh, I'm Kirk, I win because I'm Kirk. I'd love that. Well, that wraps up episode 375 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. For more great podcasts like Mission Log, Women at Warp, and The Trek Files, Visit podcasts.roddenberry.com. Before we go, here's a reminder of our community question this week. Do you like the casting of Rebecca Romaine as number one in Star Trek Discovery? Captains, as we've said before, you know that we'd love to hear from you. So leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast. Or tweet us via at Priority One Pod. Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 11 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if that wasn't enough, be sure to spend time with Admiral Winters and the Priority One Armada on Saturday nights. On Saturday nights, the Armada takes to our Twitch channel where they review the latest Star Trek Online and Armada news, as well as spotlight some of the amazing members in our community. Each week, we team up with you, the viewers, and earn things like reputation marks and dilithium. With regular giveaways, there's something for all Star Trek Online players, new and old. Follow us on twitch.tv forward slash priority one. And if you'd like to join the Armada, Visit PriorityOneArmada.com. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Each episode, The Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets.
Thanks to our audio editor, Brandon Parker. Thanks to producer Jake Morgan for assisting in the writing of our show and social media endeavors. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Pomper. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon associate producers, Navy Boats Lou and Jim DeVico. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners, friends that we'll see this coming week at Star Trek Las Vegas and other conventions throughout the year. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Su. No. Engage. And to celebrate this release, you can save 15% on your car insurance. (laughs) By switching to Geico. By switching to Geico. Check out... (laughs) That's not going to make it its own. (laughs) (laughs) Age of Discovery. Age of Discovery. (laughs) That can be removed. This is Elijah. I don't know why Kenna's laughing. Sync one. (laughs) This is Trek it out, Kenna sink two. <laughs> this is Anthony, Trek it out, sink three. I'm pretty sure she's laughing because in Facebook it says that Elio is watching with me and possibly oh, with her okay. too. Okay. And it's Elio, not Elio. That's what I said. No, I said I, I did the Puerto Rican you- pronunciation. <laughs> no, because Puerto Ricans. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that was yeah, good. Yeah. That was you good. almost missed it. <laughs> you almost missed it. I almost did. I almost missed it. According to the Hollywood Reporter, short treks will begin airing this fall and will release one episode per month. Presumably, just a. I'm sorry. Come here. I'm in the middle of something. <laughs> I love you. Hey, Dakota. Good night, sweetheart. Tomato. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. Potato. Potato. <laughs> Elijah says tomato. Banana. She says banana. <laughs> <laughs> A few more interesting tidbits came out of the panel, including the... Trek nuggets, No, Jake. no. Trek first nuggets. of all, I wrote tidbits because there were already too many oh. Trek nuggets. All right. This is like oh, a six-pack of Trek nuggets. Can not like never a ten-pack. have enough Trek nuggets. Oh, Jesus. I'm the one Agreed. who said Trek nuggets before as well, wasn't I? No. Yeah, I did. I said Trek nuggets before. It's like I'm obsessed with Trek nuggets, which I am not. I'm obsessed with Trek nuggets. I'm obsessed with Trek nuggets. I'm obsessed with Trek nuggets. Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.